Brought to you by Feitner Productions. In our world where cold hard cash is king, in our reality, cruelty reigns. We call ourselves humanity as though we are something more than mediocre meat bags. Our laws mean we make rules that are meant to be broken. One man judges reality as a mere starting place for negotiations. He's a lawyer, a wise fool who embraces his own infallibility. Beyond unreasonable doubt and verboten productions present Laying Down the Law with Billy DeClerc. Your host, that's me. Welcome to Laying Down the Law, a law and comedy podcast where we combine the lessons lawyers learn with the imagination of an improv show. You're going to hear a real legal case from a law school, and then it'll be followed by a made-up and completely improvised comedy. After that, we'll get real and find out what our guests are really like. Before we begin today's episode, I'd like to introduce my returning guest host. Is this your fifth time? Uh, fourth. Fourth Fourth time time. on the show. She's an actor, a podcaster, an improviser, a graduate of the Upright Citizens Brigade Training Center, host of two hit podcasts, Super Squirrel Conversations, and The Guide for Clueless Rich People. Well, welcome back to the podcast, our fourth time guest host, (laughs) Kathy Eller. Thank you, Billy. Hi. All right. And, um, Kathy was kind enough to invite um, one of her improv teachers from the Upright Citizens Brigade, UCB, here in LA. Um, He is an actor, writer, director, improviser, a coach, teacher. (laughs) Uh, He is uh, trained. He trained at the Upright Citizens Brigade originally in New York and then in LA. Uh, He's produced four or five of his own podcasts, including I Will Write Your Book, Screw It, We're Just Going to Talk About Comics, (laughs) Screw it. We're just going to talk about the Beatles, the emergency podcast and the retired podcast. Don't get me started, which is now finished. Uh, He's been (laughs) featured on the podcast, comedy, bang, bang, improv for humans and Hollywood handbook. He's a star of stage and screen. He's been seen on Brooklyn 99, crazy ex-girlfriend, broad city inside Amy Schumer, Conan O'Brien, and many others. He's the author of two books, pirate, Robot Ninja with Billy Merrick, and How to Become the Greatest Improviser on Earth, both of which I own, both of which I enjoy. The very talented Mr. Will Hines. Hey. Thank you. Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me. This is a pretty exciting day. And um, yeah, huge. We are going to jump in, and I am going to read you a case from 1863 England. Okay. I do. Good. I have to say, I do remember that pirate thing. I had to do that in his class. What yeah. What's it called again? Pirate he Robot Ninja. Yeah. Yeah. That's Billy. It's Billy Merritt, and it's um, his uh, yeah, it's like his kind of theory or thing that he's he's done for years and years and years, and yeah. I wanted it to be a book, so I helped him write the book. That's so cool. Yeah. I I always want to be like a robot to just come up with the facts and just know, but. I'm I'm not a robot. <laughs> well, for people who don't it. know about improv because they're just lawyers looking for a little joy in their life, can um, uh, Will, can you kind of explain what the pirate robot ninja idea is? Yes, it's pretty easy. Um, 
So improv is like acting and coming up on your feet with it's acting without a script. So you're performing and having to come up with what you say as you go. And so the pirate robot ninja theory posits that everybody is either a pirate or a robot or a ninja in terms of how they play. And the pirate are the impulsive, creative, um, a bit reckless, headstrong, but fun performers. And the robots are the thinky, analytical, rule following, but maybe a bit more orderly improvisers. And then we sort of forced Ninja in there to be what you are when you can do either mode and you can transform from one to the other. So Ninja is like the final form. And the book is about that. Yeah. And I, I'm a hundred percent a pirate. Uh, so right. much so. Like it. Yeah, yeah. So much. So we have to plan um, my podcast recording days so that nobody else in the entire house or neighborhood is doing anything because there tends to be a lot of shouting and mm. Uh, mm. you know a lot of uh, noise coming out of you my seem mouth. like a real reckless seat of your pants kind of madman <laughs> yeah that's pretty much and yeah. it's, it's typecast for lawyering you know, uh, you know most she, lawyers i meet the first thing i think is man they are out of control Look at them go. <laughs> wow that's what I, that's what I think. bouncing off the wall somebody rein this guy in exactly all right. Well, the case is called uh, Burn versus Bodel. It's from the Court of Exchequer, which I'm mm. not—I I don't know what that means, but it's a court. Of, it's one of the courts of England. A treasury, maybe. Could be. That—that's probably right. Mm -hmm. England. In jolly old England. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't go. I don't think I'm going to try to read the whole thing in an English accent because it's terrible. Mm. Um, <laughs> but um, I'll read it in an elevated kind of way. At the trial before the learned assessor of the court of passage at Liverpool, the evidence adduced on the part of the plaintiff was as follows. A witness named Critchley said, on the 18th July, I was on Scotland Road on the right side going north and defendant's shop is on that side. When I was opposite his shop, a barrel of flour fell from a window above in defendant's house and shot. Wow. Yeah, and knocked plaintiff down. So wait, it's like, well, is B versus B because of a barrel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, burn versus bodle. I assume burn is usually, the plaintiff is first. Usually, right. So burns the plaintiff and bodle, the barrel owner is oh my God. Critchley is somebody else. He was a witness. And he was on the 18th of July. So he a saw whole flower. He saw barrel, flower. Wow. So what's important about this is they saw the flower fall out, but they don't know how it fell out of the window. It's so weird. Usually flowers in sacks. So sacks? Yeah. Yeah, sacks right. of flower. Sacks, sacks of flower. It's so weird in the I guess it's olden days. Yeah. So the barrel of flour falls out of the second story and knocks this guy down. Um, Jesus. All right. So Critchley continues. He was carried into an adjoining shop. A horse and cart came opposite at the defendant's door. Barrels of flour were in the cart. I do not think the barrel was being lowered by a rope. I cannot say. I did not see the barrel until it struck the plaintiff. It was not swinging when it struck the plaintiff. It struck him on the shoulder and knocked him toward the shop. I'm getting the hint that whether it was on a rope is going to be a is going to be a big factor of contention as we go on. The the, the rope uh, is yeah, that's key. Yeah, that's, that's there's really a lot of rope foreshadowing. 
exactly. Yeah. Um, it struck him on the shoulder and knocked him toward the shop. No one called out until after the accident. The so, wait, yeah. so he saw it, but he didn't say, yo, yo, buddy, move. He just was silent. He, he said he didn't it. see it until the barrel hit him. Oh, until he hit him. And then no one else saw it, too. Uh, yeah, my guess is that, um, you know, in 1863, when this happened, uh, it was standard practice to lower a barrel by a rope outside the second uh, story window oh, wow. uh, onto the ground below, which is how you avoid, you know, hitting people with barrels of flour. Um, um, and so, okay. yeah, saying I, I didn't see anybody lowering anything. I didn't see anything happen. All I saw was the barrel hit this guy and he was knocked down. I don't know how it happened. Oh, wow. that, that's the, so, so this case, I uh, just tell you is a, uh, is a foreshadowing or a, a case about what do you do when you don't know how something happened when someone got hurt? Oh, wow. So, so we don't know, we don't know exactly how he got hurt, but we know that it was a barrel of flour and it was outside the defendant's shop. The plaintiff said, on approaching Scotland Place and defendant's shop, I lost all recollection. I felt no blow. I saw nothing to warn me of danger. I was taken home in a cab. I was helpless for a fortnight. He then described- That's two weeks, right? Two weeks, that's right, yeah. He then described yeah. his sufferings, which we don't get into in this case because it's not really important. Yeah. Who cares? I s- <laughs> right. I s- Who cares about his life yeah. <laughs> after this? We're That's lawyers. We don't care about people's feelings. <laughs> it's about liability. <laughs> liability. Um, yeah. So I saw the path clear. I did not see any cart outside defendant's shop. Another witness said, I saw a barrel falling. I don't know how, but from defendant's. The only other witness was a surgeon who described the injury which the plaintiff had received. It was admitted that the defendant was a dealer in flour. Mm. Ah. It was submitted on the part of the defendant that there was no evidence of negligence for the jury. Meaning no, okay. nobody knows how this barrel of flour fell out. Nobody That's knows crazy. if the defendant did anything wrong. There's nobody, all they saw was the flour fell, it hit the guy, now and he was hurt. Now was yeah. this was this flower like um, company like did it hire most of the people of the village? Like is he like a a don of the village? Like no yeah. one wants to say anything or nobody <laughs> wants to mess a big flower yeah. in this town. Yeah, is it a big flower? <laughs> it's a pretty powerful guy. He had paid off all the witnesses. I mean, yeah. nobody, nobody would admit anything, and the defendant certainly wouldn't admit. Uh, you know what happened he just did all he admitted was yes i'm a dealer in flour like i'm sorry but they had nothing else to do than people watch i i don't believe that no one saw anything i think that this guy owned the town that's what i think he's a very like a powerful magnet yeah but the guy who got hit no no that bodo no, the, the flower oh, the, they're all protecting the store yeah, yeah no, i think exactly. so yeah yeah I, that, that makes sense it is kind of strange that there's like four witnesses and they're, yeah. they were all like just looking down at the ground until they happened to look up and catch sight of a barrel hit this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody saw anything. Yeah. Yeah, they, that's true. Something suspicious. The learned assessor was of that opinion and non-suited the plaintiff. Uh, non-suit means uh, you basically throw the case out. 
Okay. There's no, okay. there's no suit. So you don't get to go to a jury. It's just, there's no case here. Um, uh, re reserving leave for him to move to the court of exchequer, which is where we are, to enter the verdict for him with 50 pound damages, the amount assessed by the jury. Okay. So the jury- <laughs> $50? 50 pounds. Oh man. That's a lot in 1863, I bet. Oh, that's true. Pretty serious injuries. Um, later in the present term, obtained a rule nisi, uh, don't know what that means, N-I-S-I, to enter the verdict for the plaintiff on the ground that the misdirection of the learned assessor, that's the judge, in ruling there was no evidence of negligence on the part of the defendant. That's now, crazy. A barrel fell. How's that? That's pure ne negligence. Nobody yeah. saw it happen. Nobody saw yeah, it happen. Yeah, but if it's yeah, saw... Well, we saw it hit him from above, yeah. so... I mean, we can eliminate it that it got like matter transported by a third party. <laughs> like it fell out of the window of this guy's domain. So yeah. either rested it too close to the window and it fell or he was about to lower the rope and it slipped from his grubby little fingers or. Yeah, it, or they had like little tiny children working then and the mm -hmm. little kids did it. Yeah, they, they were playing with the barrel. Yeah. Super aggressive it, dog, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been a revenge plot of some kind. Yeah. Backstory between Byrne and Bodle. Yeah. Well, like, what... they, 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 like he slept with his wife or something. Right. And he's like, don't, next time you walk by my truck, <laughs> go push it. Uh, so Judge Pollock says, We are of the opinion that the rule must be absolute to enter the verdict for the plaintiff. The learned counsel was quite right in saying there are many accidents from which no presumption of negligence can arise. But I think it would be wrong to lay down as a rule that in no case can the presumption of negligence arise from the fact of the accident. Suppose in this case, the barrel had rolled out from the warehouse and fallen on the plaintiff. How could he possibly ascertain from what cause it occurred? It is the duty of persons who keep barrels in warehouse to take care that they do not roll out. And I think that such a case would, beyond all doubt, afford prima facie evidence of negligence. Prima, what is that? Prima facie uh, means um, the basic case, or the, the on, it means literally on its face. Oh. The, the basic case of negligence is if a barrel of flour falls out of a second story window, somebody did something wrong. Yeah, uh, this case would establish that if they rule for the plaintiff. Yeah, and they're so saying like, there will be ramifications if we like, if we like say the plaintiff is responsible. This is going to change everything. And in cases oh. where there's no evidence, this case will allow people to automatically just blame the plaintiff with no proof. Right? Oh, the, I got right, it. The defendant, and so, so they're they're saying this is a bigger case than just this. So think mm -hmm. about right. that. Mm -hmm. And it, so, so think about real big guilt trip because yeah. like it affects. A wine factory, if a wine barrel fell yeah. on something, they'll be like, hey, guess what? Yeah. Boom. Okay, I get it. Oh, there's like a slug merchant who puts all his slugs in barrels and like <laughs> he's on a sec. All second story businessmen will be affected by this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, slug barrels. Exactly. So a barrel could not roll out of a warehouse without some negligence. And to say that a plaintiff who is injured by it must call witnesses from the warehouse to prove negligence seems to me preposterous. It does. Yeah. 
So if in the building or repairing of a house or putting pots in chimneys or a person passing along the road is injured by something falling upon him, I think the accident alone would be prima facie evidence of negligence. Mm. Right. Of it, or if an article calculated to cause damage is put in the wrong place and does mischief, like a stick of dynamite or something, right? I think sure. those whose duty it was to put it in the right place are prima facie responsible. Yeah. And if there is any state of facts to rebut the presumption of negligence, they must prove them. Yeah. Right. The burden of proof is on the warehouse owner to prove they were not negligent. Yeah. Somehow. Exactly. Yeah. The present- the lack, if there's lack of proof, the fact that somebody got hurt means you're fucked, warehouse owner. Yeah. If it's why after this you. year there was no more no more warehouses in England. Everything moved to the first floor. <laughs> <laughs> the real estate for first floor warehouses went way up after this. Way up. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it can't let anything fall. But I still can't believe that they're like, we're, we don't want to let anything fall, not because we're worried about what will happen to somebody, but whether we have to pay. That's right. <laughs> I just think can't get over that. Like, why wouldn't you care if he's brain Kathy, damaged? You don't, or- you don't know with these barrel owners, what he's had to go through to build his barrel empire. And true. now some schmuck is walking too close <laughs> to the front door underneath his shop and he's got to throw it all away. He slaved to corner the barrel market in this town. And now yeah. he's going to throw it away because some guy couldn't be bothered just to, to look up when he's walking. <laughs> Someone's got to be on the side of the capitalists. <laughs> no, I like this is my fourth time on, and I think that everyone is just drunk, and it's all about revenge. That's what every I case think. is. Yeah, every case is like revenge. Someone sleeping with somebody, and every, they're all inter- drunk. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big board game fan, and board games is like you learn the rules, you play the board game, and in my experience, every board game I've ever played, fifty percent of the time is arguing about the rules. Like, yeah. how do the rules apply in this case? And am I allowed to use my free turn to get another free turn? Can I transfer this token to somebody else? Am I allowed to, it's all like debating edge cases. Yeah. And I actually feel like 90, I'm gonna give a conservative estimate of 95% of all human conversation is refereeing <laughs> whether something wrong was done in cases where it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. Like that, that is it. Lawyers, but not just lawyers, everybody walking down the street. You eavesdrop in any conversation, like, listen to what my husband did. He did blah, 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 blah. And the person's like, well, why do you do that? It's like, well, this, that's not a good enough reason. I say your husband is wrong. Like yeah. everybody is issuing verdicts on a micro and macro level all day long. I'm, by the way, I'm for the barrel guy. I'm for the capitalist. <laughs> I'm here to defend the 1%. No, I'm here for that. <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. You'd be like, you get a text message. Why am I getting a text message at 12 o'clock? Is it because he doesn't want to text me at night and like all that stuff? But I agree with you, Will. Yeah. But no, People but like I've, to adjudicate, edu- yeah. edge cases. But I'm for the guy that got hit and hurt. Fuck him. He shouldn't <laughs> look it up. We don't want a welfare no. babysitting state. I'd be, you know what? You know who I am in this scenario? I am that independent flower company that yeah. I'm seeing what's going on. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sit in the, st- in the stands for that one guy because my little barrel company, which would do sacks, a flower, not barrels. We <laughs> care about the fellower. That's what I am. I'm that little independent company down there. Well, I'm representing big barrels. I'm going further <laughs> upstream. 
I'm selling barrels to anybody who ever wants to put something in them. And You're I gotta the make London this... offices. <laughs> yeah, I'm the London office of Big Barrel. <laughs> Kathy, you're sort of like the the what is it like the seventh generation, um, yeah. you know, company version of barrel of flour manufacturers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like selling gluten free flour, and people are like, "What is gluten?" Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, the the um, the the name of the term of the doctrine. There's actually an oral an oral argument. The judge said, "This seems to me to be a case of res ipsa locator," Good. which is Latin for "the thing speaks for itself." And so, this whole doctrine is started in this case um, where if there's no way someone could be liable, it's clear that the that the control is in the, the part of the defendant. The, the defendant has the facts of control, but nobody could get injured if there wasn't negligence, like, yeah, barrels don't just fall out of windows, right? Yeah. Something went wrong. Right. And so the defendant has all the ability to come up with the evidence. And they're basically saying, look, defendant, if you didn't, if you weren't negligent and you didn't do anything wrong, then you prove it. And, and that completely That's flips great. the burden of proof on its head yeah. because ordinarily barrels don't fall out of windows. Yeah. Yeah. But so, also ordinarily the burden of proof is on the accuser. Right. Ordinarily. And, so and the so defendant would have to prove that a wrongdoing was done. But in this case, the his injury is the proof. Right. The, the thing that happened, the thing speaks for itself. You know, when a barrel falls on someone ha someone's head, the thing speaks for itself that someone yeah. was careless or, you know, dynamite blows up where there shouldn't be dynamite, you know, in a, in a yeah. nursery school. Then, then that's probably someone was negligent. He wasn't on a trampoline like right next to the and trying to hit himself, you know? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, he was, he was just waiting underneath that second floor window yeah. all day. Or he somehow like, caused the barrel of He didn't ask for it. He wasn't no. like wearing an outfit that would invite people <laughs> to throw barrels upon him. Right. He didn't have a personal history of low morals where he was constantly mm. baiting people into throwing <laughs> barrels at him. This yeah. one of those. He had t-shirts printed up to, uh, to provoke the barrel of the <laughs> owners. Oh my goodness. Um, so the present case upon the evidence comes to this. A man is passing in front of the premises of a dealer in flour, and there it falls down upon him a barrel of flour. I think it is apparent that the barrel was in the custody of the defendant who occupied the premises and who is responsible for the acts of his servants who had control of it. And in my opinion, the fact of its falling is prima facie evidence of negligence. And the plaintiff who was injured by it be not bound to show it could not fall without negligence. But if there are any facts inconsistent with negligence, it is for the defendant to prove them. <laughs> Ugh, Risk that's crazy. locator. Wow. That's harsh. Man. Rough day for the barrel manufacturers of England. <laughs> Rough day. The price of bread went up for everybody after that. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. What are the possible scenarios where this happened and we would not think it's the business owner's fault? Like a, a tornado, but there's no. Like an act of God or something. Yeah. That is not reasonable for him to defend against. Yeah, right, right. I would think so. Or if he was if he was trespassing like inside and like jumping over the barrels, then and then he it's, jumped outside and it's on yeah. him. Yeah, it's on him. But he's or if not there if there had been signs like caution, like yeah. you know date work area, and he 
ignored those signs and walked, then it would be on the guy who got hit. Or you could argue that it would be. Yeah. A barrel overhead so. area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if there had been a rope, if there was evidence of the rope, I think, Will, you yeah. pointed out early that, that the rope was a key factor. Had there been evidence of the barrel swinging back and forth on a rope being lowered the way they were supposed to do it. But even that, if it snapped and hit this guy, that's still negligence on their part. Mm. You should use a better rope. <laughs> right. Or better knot tying. I mean, I think, I get, but it, yeah. If, it, if like somebody outside of the business, if there was a person on the other side of the business on a trampoline who was bouncing up until they got level with the barrel warehouse and then when they mm-hmm. got that high with a pole vault, pushed the barrel out the window so that it was this person and not anybody in, involved with the business, yeah. then it's no longer the business's fault. It's this pole vault trampoline guy. <laughs> yeah so, i would think so <laughs> um but you'd have to prove evidence of the pole vault trampoline guy to have it not be the warehouse i don't know <laughs> i think the barrel manufacturers are getting fucked on this and i think <laughs> i think frankly that this is why we're having economic problems in america today oh in this my case. God. <laughs> <laughs> you can trace it all the way back to this case. yeah just like lawsuit crate people walking down streets hoping they get hit on the head with barrels because boy oh boy is that a payday <laughs> <laughs> now that there's sacks there's even you're going to get hurt less because it's not yeah. a big hard so now you get hit with a you know sack of soft flour it's cushy and nice you still get a huge payday you don't got to prove nothing and i think the big barrel company had say in uh you know like uh the trains the mini trains because every mini train display i see is always a barrel being put down in a train so mini trains do so you mean like little toy trains that go around like griffith park and stuff like um what model trains it? model trains yeah okay every model real toy train trains. i see oh yeah, yeah every model, model trains train are has... kissing the ass of the yeah, barrel industry they big always time. have that barrel one <laughs> yeah if according to model trains barrels are like the most important product we've ever had give me a yeah right after break. the zoo they like the yeah. zoo. <laughs> but because of this case barrels have gone out of fashion yeah you couldn't it's not economically feasible Mm-mm. I got to disprove every guy walking down the street. It's not, it's that it's not my fault that these schmucks are getting hit on the head with my flower. You didn't even think about the, uh, the downstream consequences to barrel manufacturers. Yeah. Oh, it torpedoes it. It's over. It's over. I mean, it's a whole, I guarantee you that right the now. judge had money in sacks. <laughs> I guarantee you the judge had some sizable investment in the sack industry and boy, oh boy, did he make out with this. Mm. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness. The sacks of dollar sign. Yeah. Oh, in the container business. Yeah. Judge, uh, <laughs> Judge Pollock. I would have thought his money would be in fish. Sorry. That's yeah. That's true. And we would not have container stores. We would have barrel stores. We never would have moved on from barrels. They work great. You they know. look good. They have a nice scent to them if they're made of cedar. Yeah. Um, you can hold liquid or solids in them. They're good nice tabletop. and round. Yeah. Good costume props. Yeah. You wear a barrel, but no, now we've become <laughs> this like sack, sack and plastic, you know, uh, dependent society, <laughs> you know, we're dependent on foreign sacks. If we could just get back to our native barrel manufacturers, this country would be a lot better off, but nope. Mm-hmm. Judge Pollock had to make good on his sack money and just torpedo the barrel industry. This is a travesty. This case is a travesty. <laughs> Strong what would the opinions. Magna Carta say? <laughs> what does the Magna Carta say about barrels? I'm going to go all the way back. 
But at least Canada, Canada has the Niagara Falls and they believe in barrels. Yeah, they're the, the, they're, they're they're the only ones holding side. it together. <laughs> yeah, the American side is no barrels. It's all sacks yeah. and plastic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, going over Niagara Falls in a sack would be. Yeah, wouldn't work. It's a different Sorry. experience. You're just not liable. Experience. If you land on somebody, you're not going to be liable for anything. You can't risk going over in a barrel because if you land on somebody, it's on you. Mm-hmm. Some idiot walking through the base of Niagara Falls. It's my fault when I land on him with a barrel. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> oh my god! Society of crybabies, you know. <laughs> Bunch of welfare cheats, <laughs> just trying to make money off getting hit by barrels. <laughs> darling, uh, darling. Um, yes. I'm so glad we're here to um, do our wedding registry here at Barrels Are Us. Oh, yes. Yes. I love all this stuff here. It really is beautiful. Hello. Yes. May I be of service? Uh, may I help you? Are you interested in a barrel today? Lovely young couple. Lovely young couple. Handsome oh, you. young couple. Thank you. Uh, oh, thank you so much. Um, yes. Linda, Linda and I are, um, well, we're, we're registering for our wedding. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. And Congratulations. We, are, we, are, we are big barrel fans. We're just hoping that yes. um, our wealthy Aunt Linda um, can get us a really nice cedar barrel for our, our living room. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. That would be very nice. Well, we do very many wedding registries here at Barrels R Us, and so um, I'd be happy to help you with that. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. Do, do we get my... one of the, 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 the guns we get to point and... Yeah. To, like, put rivets in the barrels, you mean? Or what, what are you saying? Yeah, to yeah, scan yeah. it. Oh, to scan <laughs> the different barrels? With- oh, yes, yes. I thought you meant you wanted to help assemble them. Like you wanted to go in the back where we rivet the barrel shut because we'll let you do that too. Could we? Oh, of course. Really? Oh. Yes. Uh, it's one of the, it's courtesy we offer to our customers and our, who are barrel enthusiasts to see how they get made. Well, Linda and I are, we, I, I think it's fair to say we are, we are barrel Give enthusiasts. Give shot right now. Look here, I'll hand you this rivet gun right here. And right next to us here is an unfinished barrel. And even just hold the copper strip along the side vertically and then just, just shoot some rivets in there. Oh. Oh, oh. The... oh, no, you go first, honey. No, no, no. I said I won't hold the copper. You you rivet it. Yes, it's really? lovely to see a married couple working together. Yes. Oh, we so... just have, I mean, we first met over a barrel. So this is so exciting. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. How, how do you mean? How did that happen? It was it was a wonderful evening mm. um, with wine and drinks and like a nice little wine barrel in between us. It was it was so romantic. Oh, it sounds lovely. Yeah. Yes, I remember. Um, yes, and, and 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 we remember we had the little barrel, the little mini barrel glasses. We toasted. Oh yeah. We said this yeah. is a, this is our first no. date. Barrels are quite versatile. We're very proud to represent them here. Hmm. Mm. Go ahead, get, rivet, rivet, rivet this copper strip in there. Go ahead, fire the gun, sir. All right. It's good. Yeah, do another one. There you go. Very this good. is not romantic at all. One Your more. face that you're making. All right. Well, it's not romantic. Making barrels is tough no. work. It's salt of the earth work. It's primal. I'm seeing a different side of him. He's crying. Mm-hmm. Why are you crying? Because of the power. The power that you feel when you're assembling, he's, he's feeling all humankind within his grasp. I, I feel like a more powerful man. Oh my God. Like I've changed. Yep, babe, have. babe, what, what is wrong? Yeah, Linda. You're... Yeah. We must 
change everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know we plan to settle down in the country. Yeah. But I'm feeling a call. Okay. To build our own barrels. It's a dream I've repressed for so long, but now, now that I've actually got my hands on it, ah, no, 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 it must happen. Yeah. No, you're a doctor. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta yeah, save his these doctor kids. days are behind him, Linda. He'll never be a doctor anymore. No, all these lives you need. I've Same already thing. cut off four fingers, Linda. My oh. doctoring oh. days are over. And that is your fault because of a, a court case says that any injury that happens to a barrel is the fault of the person who, who has it happened to them. We, we do not have to disprove anything. Ma'am, would you like to try riveting one of these copper strips in? Uh, no, Linda. I like who I am. I like who I am, okay? Linda. Do you? You must find who you truly are. What do you like about yourself so much? I like that I'm a kind, caring teacher. And Who I cares? like teaching. Who cares? What? Useless profession and, and uh, undesirable qualities. This is a world of power. And you get what you want. You get a, what, what you get in this life is according to how much power you have. Okay. We Kindness doesn't classroom. enter into it. We cut to the classroom where Linda's the teacher. Okay. Um, Don't you have a question? Yes. Ex excuse, excuse me, uh, uh, Miss Smithson. Miss Smithson, I'm not sure I understand what you mean when you said that this is a world of power and you what you get is the things that you take from others. What did you mean by that? Oh, I mean that when you get the power in your hands, that is the, what will send you to high heaven. Nothing is worth anything if you don't have power. And and we. But I, I I have a question. Yeah. My daddy, uh, my daddy is um in charge of a charity, mm -hmm. and he oversees giving out food to the hungry. Mm -hmm. And that's what he does for a living. Mm -hmm. uh, he says that what's important in this life is kindness and compassion. Oh wow! Your dad is lying to you. What? Your dad has never, ever built a barrel in his life. I can tell you that right now without even knowing him. Well, he I, doesn't know the full force of what power is. Well, I, I guess that's true. He says that the meek shall inherit the earth and that it's good to be meek. Mm -mm, mm -mm. That meek is on the bottom of the food chain. Oh, my, oh my gosh. The people who make barrels up here, okay? Yeah. Like I didn't, I believed like your dad, but then I got a riveter in my hand and mm -hmm. I was changed. You look different than you did last week. I know there's something in my eyes now because I can see the world now. I can sense the world now and I still have to teach you guys, but what do you, mean soon... you have to, what do you, mean you have to, <laughs> I got a contract with this, with this goddamn uh, you know, teach this this goddamn school. I have to teach. I know. Uh, we cut I know, to I know. Linda negotiating her contract with the superintendent. Um, Linda, look, I, yeah, I, you're being unreasonable. Um, we're willing to renew your contract at the old terms, the same uh -huh. salary and the same percentage increase every year. Nope, nope. I want it all. I you want, it, want all. it all. I want it. I want the school to be renamed after me. That's crazy. I want. It's not crazy. Did you have you held a rivet? 
Have you held a rivet? No, I've not held a rivet. Well, then you don't know the power of holding a rivet, making a barrel. My eyes are open. you're You're a fifth grade teacher. Yeah. This school goes up to seventh grade. You're not even in the top. We're not going to name the school after you. We flash forward five years. We see Linda Smithson riveting university and a statue of a man holding a rivet in one hand and with four fingers in the other. And we flash What do we want? Power. Everybody wants power. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to give the students power. Now, I, I, I don't like, I don't like this. I don't like this. So, Look, we this is five years since we first started negotiations. We yeah. renamed this elementary school to be a university, as you insisted. Exactly. We put a statue of your husband out front and of you. That's already so much them. more than you deserve. Um, first of all, I want power. I don't like I don't have any. I'm a superintendent of a school district. I don't even I don't have a lot of power that I could give you, even if I um, wanted to. I believe you can tell us when we can come and can't come during a snowstorm. I don't have that power yet. I would like that power, please. You don't want that power. You don't have the information necessary to make the right decision. You don't know on a given day if it's, you know, I talk to the, to the weathermen and I talk to the trucks who are putting snow, uh, salt yeah. on the roads when I make that decision. You're not in a position, you don't, why do you care? I don't care, but I want power. But that job is the, that's that's the one part that I do not have, and I want it. I could care less if kids skid off and on. I don't care. <laughs> you could care less. I could care less. I want that power. Okay. Fine. Thank you. Okay. You, you're in charge of granting snow days or not? Okay, that's great. God. Then I am happy. Do you want okay. Do you want me to close the door or leave the door open? Leave the door open, leave? please. Okay. Leave sure. the door open. Thank you. Bye. See you next year. Bye-bye. Thanks for the power. Bye-bye. You're welcome. God damn it. My, my job's terrible. <laughs> Such a piece of flash, shit. Piece we of flash shit. forward six months. Linda Smithson University is covered in snow. And nine-year-olds are shoveling in front of the building. In why you go. Have, why do we have to do this? In you <laughs> Keep it up. Keep it up. And don't forget, you have to, my car is next. You have to dig out my car. My arms are sore. <laughs> mm. I'm hungry. Mm. I haven't eaten in three days. Don't care. Please uh, suddenly, let me have more group. <laughs> suddenly a, a Chevy, a nice unremarkable Chevy drives up and out of it, a modestly dressed man steps out and starts talking to Linda. Excuse me, are you Linda Smithson? <laughs> yes, I am. Linda Smithson, I have been reading of your exploits and your descent into uh, corruption for some time now. Uh, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Walter Sachs. I uh-huh. own a company of sack makers in this town. Oh, sacks. Sacks, an alternate to barrels. Instead of putting stuff in barrels, you could often use a sack for the same purpose. And I would tell you that the handling of sacks encourages a more generous nature in its users. So you want me to give up my power for sacks? I want you to be enlightened into a more 
gracious and generous way of living. By- you know, I'm open for debate. Let's have a debate versus barrels versus sacks at the community center Tuesday. Fine. Okay? I'm open for debate. I never turned down a debate about sacks. Yeah. I'll, de- I'll, I'll debate the hell out of it. We cut to the community center on Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever debate between, uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name, sir. Walter Sachs. Walter Sachs and our town founder and CEO, president of Linda Smithson University, the person we all count on, the one, the only Linda Smithson. Uh, thank you. Everyone, you can sit down. You can sit down, everyone. That's so sweet. Well, so we'll sweet. start with our first question. Uh, this will go to Mr. Sachs. Mr. Sachs, please list all of the ways in which barrels are superior to sacks. Begin. Well, I will not. I will list the ways in which sacks are superior to barrels. Wrong, oh, I award you no points. He's not answering the question. Well, I, don't, ah. I, I don't believe they are superior. So there's in zero ways are they superior to sacks. There's nothing a barrel can do that a sack can't do more generously. Thank you for your answer. You've been awarded no points. Smith Smithson. Yes. What is your name? Uh, Linda Smithson. 100 points. Thank Wait you. a minute. This is a rigged, this is a rigged uh, operation here. This isn't fair. What? Mr. Sachs. Next yeah. question. Are you saying this? Sorry. I don't think there's nothing rigged about the barrel company hosting this debate. Now, don't try to manipulate the referees. I've just... <laughs> Stand at your podium and look pretty, all right? All right. Uh, Mr. Sachs. Yes. Please tell us all of the most wonderful accomplishments of Linda Smithson over the last five years. Begin. None. She's descended into corruption. She's, uh, she's gotten her positions through bullying and coercion. She's not worthy. She has no skills or merit for the responsibilities that she executes. She's a despicable person and is the exact kind of person who the barrel industry ought to st- stop. Wrong. Negative 100 points. This is crazy. That's my honest answer. Miss Smithson, which are better, cats or dogs? Cats. Excellent. I award you 150 points. That is completely subjective, and a lot of people would disagree with that for Uh, sure. Well, then they would be stupid. What? Cats versus dogs? Yes, cats cats versus dogs. Completely subjective. No, no, no. Um, Mr. Smithson, please don't interrupt. Mr. Sachs, please do not interrupt. I did not know this debate was going to be sponsored by a barrel company. I thought we were going to a neutral site, the community center, a beloved place in this town. It is beloved. Well, this is the Smithson Barrel Community Center. Founded by the Smithson Barrel Company. Someone's got to pay for those cinnamon rolls and the coffee. And it just happens to be a barrel company. Next question. I've had enough. Next question. I've had enough. All right, go ahead. I'll take one more. Mr. Sachs. (laughs) Would you prefer to be run out of town on a rail, hung, or trapped in a barrel for 10 years? Hung? I don't want to be any of those. <laughs> I reject any of those. Hung is the second one? No, I don't want... I have not committed a crime of any kind. Um, so I'm. you are not allowed to... The barrel company does not have jurisdiction to exert capital punishment. That would be murder <laughs> if you hung me. <laughs> And it would be kidnapping if you kept me in a barrel. And you can't run me out of town on a rail or otherwise. I am a homeowner in good standing in my house made of fabric. 
But you did one thing. You stepped into this town, and this town is owned by Beryl. We cut you to- will all rue the day when you rejected <laughs> sex. You will re- rue the day. You will rue it. Hmm. You're going to hmm. rue the crap out of it. We cut to the courthouse, and Mr. Sachs is on, in front of a gallows, and he's continuing his oration. Yes, <laughs> you will rue the day you turned your back on Sachs, a more gentle and peaceful ever. form of containment. Boo. Why are you all so passionately against- ever. Barrels forever. It's just what you're used to. You're, emo- you're investing your egos and emotions in something just because that's what you've always done. If I, if I could just have a chance to show you the advantage of a sack, I'm sure you would be won over. A murmur rustles through the crowd. Murmur, 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 oh, murmur, oh, murmur, maybe murmur. we're wrong. Maybe we're wrong. Hmm? Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, what, what's going on? I, 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 I have a question. Yeah, I'll take questions as I'm walking here to the gallons. I'll take a few questions. <laughs> You, sir? Um, since you've been given an opportunity to, to speak before your execution, I just wanted to know, um, if you don't mind, in what way is a sack make us, a be- make us better? Thank you for asking. The primary way that a sack is superior to a barrel is that it is flexible. A mm. barrel is rigid. Once you assemble it, it can no longer change its shape. It can hold whatever it holds on the first mm. day of its creation. But a sack has a lot of give. You look here at the sack that I have on me. I could put just a couple of muffins in it. It does fine, but it's a large sack. So I could actually put several huge full pigs also. And it holds them quite well. The sack is giving. It is compromising, pliable. It works with you. And thus, those who handle the sacks also become pliable and generous and compromising and more, dare I say, human. Another murmur rustles through the crowd. Murmur, murmur, murmur. Murmur, 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 murmur. I got that. You know what? This sack guy is right. Because you know who carries sacks around? Santa. And we all believe in Santa, right? Louder murmur goes through the crowd. This town yeah. fucking loves Santa. No, 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 no. We murmur, love murmur, Santa. Murmur, He's Santa, the best. Santa, 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 Santa. We can't hurt this guy. The sacks, sacks are the future. Yep, these are uh, Santa's way of bringing stuff out. He doesn't. He doesn't have a barrel. He's never used a barrel. A light snow begins to fall. I As- leave. Ho ho ho! Ho ho ho! Santa. I heard that this town is ready to welcome Saks finally. It's been five years since I've been to Smithsonsville. Yeah, because right. of no Christmas gifts with for five years. <laughs> we want Christmas, please. Please. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, is that little Sally? Have you been a good girl for the last five years? Awfully good. I've been dying for a toy. Here you go. Here's a sack full of dolls. <gasps> Which are you. also made of sacks. Ho, 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 ho. This is awesome. So you know what? I, 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 I this really couldn't have light. gone better for me. I want to say right yeah. now, this is going great. I, uh, I, uh, my daughter is happy for the first time. Um, wow. I, I, you know what? I, I've seen the seen the light. 
I, Linda, I'm changing my ways. I, I really am. I, I want to make my daughter happy. So go ahead, Mr. Sachs. You're welcome. Don't, don't hurt him. Don't kill him. Don't Wait, do any of that. You have the authority to just stay my execution? You? Yeah, I have Linda power. <laughs> okay, all right, great. <laughs> I guess I'm glad right now. Ho, 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 Merry Sackmas. To all a good Sackmas and to all a good night. Ho, 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 my work here is done. Bye, Santa Claus. Bye. <laughs> Seems like a nice guy. Yeah. So you're letting me go. You're gone. I feel so much joy and lightness for the first time. Maybe power isn't all that's meant to be, you know? No. We cut it's a back horrible to the, thing. We cut back to the fifth grade classroom five years earlier. Yes, Ms. go ahead. Uh, Miss Smithson. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that maybe power isn't all that it's meant to be? That barrels well, aren't as good as other things well uh you're making me think you're making me think young man no no it can't be then my everything i've done is would be wrong no no sir go to the principal's office you, you, <laughs> you're, you're 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 trying to put lies in my in my head cut to go. the principal's office i don't understand kid you why did you why did miss smithson send you here um, I, well, I asked a question about whether um, maybe power isn't all it's cracked up to be. All right, that's it. Straight to the superintendent with you. Sorry. Oh, that's oh. not allowed in the school. You're not allowed oh. to question power. <laughs> You're in real trouble now. Go to see oh. the superintendent. All right. And uh, cut to the superintendent's office, who I will also play. <laughs> what is it, kid? Um, I'm in a nightmare. Uh, all my teachers are negotiating me through the roof. They've all made barrels and. They have too much confidence for me to resist. Uh, well, I was just wondering if maybe <clears throat> kindness and flexibility might be good life quality. Quiet. <laughs> Are you crazy? You get killed if you talk like that. You'll get murdered. People will hang you. They hang kind people in this town. We cut to the barrows where that kid is <laughs> headed. <laughs> Boo! Boo. Hang that kid. Hang him. Hang, Hang that him. kid. Hang that Speaking kid. Speaking for a kindness. Hang that kid. Do I get to make a speech? Sure. Um, Go ahead. I, I, I know I asked a question about kindness and flexibility, but I just want to know. I mean, I, I'm not really, I have to say, I'm not really firm about the idea of being flexible. So if you want me to be harsh and, and, and unaccommodating, I'm willing to do that. What are you saying? I'm willing to change from being, you know, in favor of kindness and flexibility, and I'd be open to cruelty and harshness. Hmm. Do something cruel right now to prove it. Yeah. Here's a barrel. You're on the second floor of the thing. Go throw it out of the window. <laughs> Go ahead. Take this barrel, just throw. You want me to go to Bodle's Barrel Shop? Yep. Go ahead. Show well, your first, cruelty. Well, show your cruelty. I, I can't do it. I simply can't do it. All right, hang him, hang him. He gave me a shot. Him. We gave him a shot. Hang him. String him up. And he dies. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh man did you see that hanging that was crazy yeah i, mean, I was there i was there yeah that's insane that was a kid that went that went too far but he was did you see what he was wearing though he was asking for it he was asking for it yeah but i still felt bad when i saw him swing side to side yeah but yeah he was dressed like a guy who wanted to be hung yeah. for sure like I'm sorry. His whole family, his whole family are people who should want to be hung. You know, that's the way. Oh my god! Yeah, like his mom's always out there with her boobs out and those mini skirts. You know, dad's always out there patting his neck. Yeah. You know, showing how open it is. I know. They're asking to be hung. They are asking. I did feel weird. I mean, I was really, I was really getting into chanting for that kid to be hung, and I was, some part of my brain was like. Maybe this is wrong. Yeah. Oh man. Well, do you want to order something? Yeah. Uh, I'll see. I'll, I'm gonna get tofu pad thai. Mm. <laughs> you look like someone who ordered tofu. <laughs> You're dressed like a tofu guy. Huh? You're dressed like a tofu guy. I you am? know? Yeah. Like, what is that? All like Urban Outfitters? Yeah. I love it's a hundred percent urban outfitters. That's where I shop. Yeah. Ah, that's great. It's getting to know you, you know. I guess I am. I guess I'm a tofu guy. Yeah. What are you gonna have? I think a steak. Rare. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're wearing a barrel. Yeah. I go like I go for the person. power. Yeah. Hmm. You couldn't really see that on my profile, but no, nah, you I just saw your head. I didn't see like what you were wearing and yeah, because like I'm sorry, I didn't want to give up all the clues, you know, about me. That's another way of holding power. Yeah, exactly. You're good. Okay. Where is our waiter? Get a diet RC. (laughs) Diet Um, RC. So one tofu pad thai and one steak. Yeah. For the. Uh, And whiskey. Steak and whiskey. Yes, coming right Mm -hmm. up. And can I have my um, Diet RC watered down, please? <laughs> you know what? Fuck you. What? Oh. I didn't you're with a woman or... wearing a barrel drinking whiskey, and you're going to ask for a Diet RC? Get the fuck out of my restaurant. Uh, well, but I, uh, oh, get I, out I, of I, here. All right, I'm leaving. I can't I'm leaving. stand no. anything about I'm you. Leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't know. His profile didn't show any of this. Well... What do you say we uh, <clears throat> go to Barrels R Us? Hmm. Maybe yeah. pick out some barrels. Okay. Wow. This is great. <laughs> oh, look. There's a barrel between us and some wine. Do you want some oh, wine? Absolutely. I'm going to drink it out of this barrel. <laughs> so good. Yeah. To rigidity. Ooh. To what? Rigidity. rigidity? Harshness. I think to the virginity. Yeah, virginity, virginity, all of that. Harshness, cruelty. I don't give it out. <laughs> yeah, all the entities. Mm. Did you see that kid getting hung? Oh, yeah, that was uh, confusing. Mm-hmm. A little bit but confusing. Also, but also kind of gratifying and, and mystifying at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, ever since he's got hung, I, I, be, I basically base my relationships on whether what people think about it, you know? My dentist, yeah. when I went and asked him, he was, he started crying and guess what? He's no longer my dentist, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you honestly, I don't really care about that at all. 
Oh, well, I don't care well, about you either. Wow. Okay. Well, I don't know if I'll come back to this place. Yeah. So we, we should probably get married because I, I have like absolutely no feelings for you. Oh, I have no feelings for you. Perfect. That's a yes for me. Sounds great. I hope you like cats because I love cats. I hate cats. <gasps> You're a dog person? We're perfect for each other. Excuse me, waiter. As your manager, I just want to say, what are you doing to the customer here? I, I hear He's you. He's harassing me. Fuck you. Get out of here. You can't throw out two customers. I've seen you throw all these customers out of here. I don't need this job. I don't need you. What? I, I don't need anything. You. What? This is crazy. Get out of my restaurant. This is my I restaurant want, now. I'm the manager. Me get I'm out. taking it by force I'm from leaving. you. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. He's there in silence all alone. Sure are a lot of barrels around here. It feels good. It feels good. <laughs> the moral of the story is... <laughs> barrels, barrels equal power. Crackle, barrels, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Barrels <laughs> equal power. <laughs> I learned a lot. Yeah, I I learned about how big barrels started. Yep, it's true. Um, I wish to be corrupted like that someday. I've always like my last name is Eller, and I've always wanted to be like Cruella Deville, and I would always like play Cruel Eller because I always wanted to be that. I wanted pe people to stand up, you know, kind of like that <laughs> uh, scene in um uh. Devil wears Prada, where they're all scared of her. So they, yeah, because she's the, ah, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> I pretend with my cats that they do that because they scatter. I'm like, yeah, you're afraid of me. Well, your cat's name Jafar, so you know that. Yeah, you definitely he's evil. That. Yeah, he's, he's evil very cat. evil. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't understand the thing with cats. Like, I like I like dogs because I have enough people in my life that kind of treat me like. Why are you coming <laughs> around here? You know, dogs are like, hey. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, my name's not Dogfee, so it's Kathy. So I had no <laughs> choice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I am sure that you have never made that joke before. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not one. <laughs> well, the, the last part of my, uh, my podcast is the part where we actually uh, get real, get honest. I'm going to start with you, Will. What's a, a moment in your life in which you felt really proud? Maybe, maybe the proudest moment, but if you can't think of the proudest moment, it might be the top five, one of the top five. Okay, I'll give you a proud moment at least. I don't know if I can give a proudest. I don't have enough self-esteem to have that information readily available to my memory. <laughs> but I can come up with a proud moment. I guess it was uh, being hired as a teacher at UCB. I was pretty proud of that when that happened. Yeah. That's good. Very proud what, of that. When was that? It's a long time ago. It was 2005. So how was that does, New York first? Or? It was in New York, yeah. How did that, like, how did it go about? Like, take us I there. was uh, coaching. So I was a performer at the ECB and, a, and I had been a student and felt like a pretty, not a very prominent performer, uh, is what I felt like at least. Quiet, self assuming person but then somebody asked me to coach their group that's a thing that happens in improv communities like you'll have a rehearsal and you'll pick someone to kind of 
be the coach, which means they pick the exercises and give notes. And that way a group doesn't have to give notes to their own members. You mm-hmm. always pull in an outside party. So there's lots of opportunities to be a coach. So I started getting asked to coach these groups. And then one of the house teams at the theater asked me to coach and uh, they liked it. So they asked me to do it again. And I started doing that for like two months, which was sort of like a prestigious gig within this society to sort of be like, Oh wow, you're coaching one of the official teams. And, um, you know, and I was just doing exercises that I had enjoyed in classes and stuff like that. And then one of the members went to the guy who ran the school and was like, you should hire this Will Hines guy. He's really <laughs> That's good. awesome. And um, I, and that person had been my former teacher and they um, made me a sub basically at first. So I could just sub for classes when they were available. That's and it kind of vaulted me up in the society a little bit. It's like, Will Hines is teaching? How'd that happen? (laughs) (laughs) That like unassuming, quiet, low energy dude is teaching stuff now? (laughs) He's like funny sometimes. How the the fuck that happened? My favorite uh, note that you ever given me, Will, is like from the first, because I took two of your classes, two or three, but the first time uh, we were helping someone that was her, I don't know, her character was reading and you were like, well, what's a suggestion that she could be reading? And I raised my hand. I'm like, uh, fan fiction. And you went, Twilight fan fiction, made it better. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I said, made it better. You went, made it better. <laughs> How obnoxious. <laughs> it was hilarious. Everyone was laughing. That was oh, like God. the funniest. I made it better. Hey, you guys what remember when you could do stuff in person? <laughs> Yeah. I'd go oh, to yeah, class. Yeah. And, yeah. That was fun. That was so much fun. That was fun. You like talk to people, go places. Yeah. Maybe someday I'll we'll get to do that again. Vaccines. Um, but I wouldn't be as doing as much podcasting if we could be in person. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Are um, you bringing back any of your podcasts, Will? Uh, I'm just doing I Will Write Your Book right now. That's the main one I'm doing right now. That's cool. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Is that an improv uh, podcast? It's or? improvised, yeah. yeah. I play as someone who writes books for people, and then my comedian friends are like characters who want books written. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's are you always fun. the same Thank character, you. or is it different character? I'm always the same. Okay. I'm Will Hines, the ghost author. <laughs> but it's different other people every episode. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um. Well, Kathy, I'm going to ask this question, but I think I know the answer. Is there a place that means something special to you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? I love Disneyland. I do. I'm one of those Disneyland people. And um, it's just something like about that place. And like, I just, I want to be, I want to be a Disney character so bad and just like walking in there. And even when I was a cast member, I got to see all these cool stuff. And, but it's just something that I can be me in a weird, my, the weird nerdy me. And I can just be like calm and not self-conscious about myself or anything. When I walk through there, it's true. (laughs) What is, uh, what aspects of yourself are you able to kind of let fly or whatever? Like, what what uh, are what are you allowed to be in Disneyland that you don't feel you can be as easily outside of Disneyland? A princess. <laughs> I feel like I can just be uh, 
a princess, my imagination, and just, mm -hmm. I actually interact with people more at Disneyland than I do in real life. I don't know. It's just like, cause I, I feel like I, I want to be open and talking to people and stuff like that. But in real life, I, I, I don't know. It's something just gets me like, they will hate you. And I guess, cause it's the happiest place on earth. Like you can just be yourself. You can just be happy and you don't have mm. to think about anything. I had a question. Um, you know, the word princess is kind of an interesting word. And I was wondering what it meant to you when you used it. It meant like someone's people like. Just likable? Yeah, likable. Yeah. Just an interesting. That's deep. <laughs> oh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting construct, the princess construct. And it just, yeah. um, you know, I have a son, I don't have a daughter, so I don't, you know. Yeah. Some know people, yeah. I know. I take it as a good thing. I think of princess as being like the chosen one, like you're the oh, yeah. anointed one. Mm -hmm. I do think that too. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I, um, cause they let you, like they don't let you as an adult wear a costume. They only let you wear a costume for Mickey's Halloween thing. And I okay. went there last year. So I actually dressed up as a princess and this little girl came up to me and she was dressed up as Elsa and I was dressed up as Jasmine. And she just looked at me and I was like, that's the feeling I want. <laughs> She yeah. was just like, you're, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think too, that I'm maybe what's so powerful is that the Disney taps into mythology um, yeah. and that the princesses have sort of become archetypal characters, you know, sort of representing different archetypes. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like, are you a Jasmine? Are you an Elsa? Like, and um, so it's interesting. My, my niece is really into the Disney princesses and kind yeah. of. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right, my next question is for Will. What is the most important lesson or one of the most important lessons could be one of the top five that you've learned in life? They're hard. <laughs> I would say that being nice to other people is more important than them being impressed with you. Like if you have to be nice to a degree that leaves them not impressed, then it's better to go that way. Like, because I, I say that because I come from a context of, uh, being an actor and a comedian, you're sort of a lot of times trying to show off sort of, and like, mm -hmm. and especially in the wor world of employment, you're like auditioning, which is sort of like, you know, you're trying to strut your stuff. And then there's a lot of informal meetings with people socially where you think maybe down the line, they could like maybe help you. And you're in a way informally performing and auditioning in those situations. And, um, and then even taking career out of it, if you're if you identify as a funny person and you hang out with other people that are funny, everyone's joking and they're sort of a little bit low key trying to like top each other with better jokes uh, meant in a friendly way. But it's pretty easy to get sucked into a mindset of competition and validation in which you winning takes precedence over worrying about hurting somebody's feelings or tending to them. And I would say it's better to always err on the side of just being nice. And it's okay if you don't win the conversation uh, or the informal networking opportunity or the, even the audition. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's always just better to like be, be, yeah, be nice. That's our lesson. I like that. 
So, you, the, so the 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 character. But you lose. But you lose like status sometimes. Like you get overlooked. Some or you either get overlooked or you feel like you're being overlooked at least. Um. So, but I'm just sort of like, well, if I'm meant to have something, it'll happen somehow. Yeah. I don't have to fight for it, and if I don't get it, it's actually okay. I'm thinking like acting, acting yeah. achievements wise. It's sort of valuing character and connection over uh, dominance. Yeah. Maybe that was the uh, moral. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm a sax guy, not a barrel guy. (laughs) Yeah, nobody likes the barrel people. This is to both of you. And I'm going to ask Kathy first, what are you most grateful for? I'm grateful for my family. My, I have close family, Molly, Aaron, Ronan, um, Matt, Molly. Um, I said Molly twice, Matt and Ryan and Marianne. Um, they're really, they're always there checking up on me, text messaging me. So I'm very grateful for that. I'm grateful for my two cats. Grateful for Pasadena. I love Pasadena. <laughs> and I'm grateful that I found comedy and I'm grateful for uh, my comedy friends. I'm sorry, your answer was incorrect. Oh, oh. <laughs> too, bad. too bad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh. That was good. That was a good answer. Um, it's true. I was going to joke that you're only grateful for friends na- with the first letter M in their name. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's cool. Will, what Thank would you. you say you're most grateful for? I'll say uh, my brothers. I have two brothers that I, uh, I'm very good friends with. And not everybody is close friends with their siblings, but and some people are, but I'm, I'm one of them. And I talk to them a lot and I see them a lot virtually yeah. and um, kind of keeps me feeling rooted and connected to earlier phases in my life in a way that I like. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, and they both ended up doing improv also, which um, we were already, fr- I'm the oldest, they're both younger. Um, and it's kind of a nice niche shared experience to have with them um which is kind of a bonus we were already friends but that helps us communicate and stuff what about you billy i don't answer questions i only answer oh okay (laughs) i only ask ask questions i don't answer them no i'm just kidding ask me a question what what question you want me to answer what's your what are you grateful for oh easy my wife and my son Two of them. That's every single day. Um, I think about how grateful I am um, because I am with my best friends in the whole world Aww. in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that we like each other and we love each other because it's just like we're in some ways, you know, we're this whole period has made us closer um, because we're together so much and it's some of the walls and the barriers and things like you're like we're stuck together so we got to work through it kind of like you know like a movie or a play yeah something you know where they're like they're stuck in a situation and they break <laughs> it. it's sort of what you know so um but you know i'm kind of morbid i read the obituaries all the time and the reason i read obituaries all the time is because people kind of always write the same thing that they're remembered by the people they were closest with and, you know, then there's a bunch of stuff about what their work was. The rich yeah. people have like really long obituaries that say like all the things they did, but every single person, it's like they're remembered by so-and-so. And so that Aww. keeps me really grounded. Like who is going to show up at my funeral? It got dark. I didn't mean to get yeah. dark. I apologize. Okay. 
Thank you for apologizing. You fucked up. <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> Wrong answers only. Um, so um, shameless self-promotion. Will, what's coming you, soon from you? You, you promoted everything from me at the beginning, but I'll, no. what's I will highlight, um, I will write your book, which is a podcast I'm doing, like I just described, where comedian friends of mine play characters who want books written, and I pretend to be someone who can write books for them. Then we improvise a conversation. So that's, that's what I'll promote. Okay. And where can people find you on the internet? I am uh, on Twitter, W-I-L-L-H-I-N-E-S, although I only tweet lies, but you can enjoy those <laughs> if you want. Um, yeah, that, that's the best place. I also, oh, and uh, my Instagram is Willie B. Hines, W-I-L-L-I-E-B-H-I-N-E-S. And I, I plug like, you know, comedy projects there and stuff. Awesome. Kathy, what is coming soon for you? Uh, the guide for clueless rich people will come out in January. So I'm excited for that. And then um, I, you can follow me at my other podcast at squirrel underscore convo. For me, that's <laughs> the end. Thank you both. You you are awesome Aww. guests. This was Please. so much fun. This was I, crazy fun, Will. Thank you. And really. Thank you so much, Will. Thanks it was, it was a real me. honor to get to improvise with you and to have you on the show. I so appreciate nice your time. Say. And um, Kathy, thank you for getting Will's attention. I think direct message him on Instagram. Instagram, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to tell um, people to direct yeah. message him. No, because you're a student and I appreciate you both. And this is really a joy um, and a highlight of my day. And now I'm read the credits. <laughs> Laying down the law is a product of Beyonce. See, I do the answer voice. I like launch into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> totally inauthentic, right? <laughs> uh, Laying down the law is a product of Beyond Unreasonable Doubt. Produced by Jeffrey Feitner and Verboten Productions. Our music is Galactic Damages by Jingle Pump. Our cover art is courtesy of the Mighty Q. I want to thank all of our listeners. And if you are enjoying the show, please tell a friend, subscribe, subscribe, write a review, leave us a rating, only five stars, please. It really helps us reach people. And if you don't like this show, why are you still listening to it? For God's sake. But please feel free to tweet at me at Max Hedroom-esque with any questions, comments, or suggestions. I'm your host, Billy DeClerc, a.k.a. Max Hedroom Esquire. And I just want to say, are you there, God? Because it's me, Billy.